it's a really fun season we're in. And we're, we're finding more and more uh, how do you fit everything in? Because everything has its place and the things the Lord wants to do. And for us, the most important thing we do is, is we come into his presence and worship. And we never want to cut that short. And I, I, I love it when we're at just at that place where people are, are, are opening up their hearts to the Lord. Where we get to that place where we're worshipping for him and not for us. Do you know that? Where it, there's, there's a sudden change where it's not about us. It's not about what we feel. It's, it's for him. And we're, we're, we're with him. And then um, he responds in love. And we always want to um, minister to the sick. One of the, uh, Ezekiel, uh, one of the things he tells the shepherds off for is you haven't healed the sick. God loves to heal the sick. So when we come into his presence, he loves to um, minister to our bodies. And then there has to be a place where people's sins can be forgiven. You know, where we can come and confess our sin and he is faithful and just and he removes our sins as far as the east is from, from the west. And then there's a, there's a place where we teach. And so fitting it all in is sometimes difficult. But what we're, we're finding is that, that we've moved away from a 55-minute church service to just enjoying his presence. And, and, we, and so when he is around, we love to be with him and be in, be in his presence because that's where our health, that's, that's where the transformation comes into our lives when we're with him. Well, we're going to go and teach a little bit. We've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount for, oh, since it, from the autumn. And, and many are giving their lives to Jesus, which is wonderful. But how do we live? And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is unpacking, okay, you, you've put your trust and your faith in me. Now, how do you live? And I, the, um, the last couple of weeks, I just thought about the the passages we've been reading and teaching. So we, start, we started off um, this year, I think, with um, getting our treasure in the right place. And Jesus said, if you put your treasure in heaven, your heart will be where your treasure is. So keep your heart and your treasure in heaven where no one can, can steal it. And then last week we looked at, do not be anxious because you are of great value to God and he knows what you need. And this week, Jesus says, do not judge. Do not pass judgment on people. And I was just thinking, if we could, just those three things, our hearts and our treasures are in the right place. We're learning to trust God for our lives and that we do not judge. That's a pretty strong foundation to build on walking with Jesus. So, if you've got your Bible, find Matthew chapter 7. We're going we're gonna to stand again. We stand when we read the Word of God because it's His Word. So up you get. I'll let you, I'll let you have a little rest in a minute. <laughs> this is chapter, Matthew 7. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Oh, 
Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. The Word of God, take a seat. So, Jesus says, don't judge. And this word means to decide to condemn. Like it's call into question to avenge or require justice. He says, don't do it. And you might ask, well, whom shouldn't we judge? Well, our brother or sister in Christ, um, people inside and outside the the church. Um, How about politicians and officials? But they deserve it. No, they don't. Don't judge them. Um, how, uh, leaders and kings, we are not to cast judgment upon them. Well, how you go, well, what might judgment look like? Well, calling them out, criticize them, celebrate their fall, try to bring about their fall, demand justice. Jesus says, don't do it. You know, social media breeds judgment because everybody has an opinion. And and I want to really encourage you, be careful what you write on social media because we we put out, and, and sometimes we forget that these are real people we are, are, are speaking about and, and sometimes condemning. Isn't it great that Jesus cancels sin, not people? Don't you love that about him? Jesus deals with sin and he raises people up. So what might it it look like? Well, Steve, you don't understand. He, he, He did this thing to me and it really hurt me. And therefore, he should be punished. He should feel the hurt I felt. Or, um, do you know, he, he believes some really crazy things that I don't believe, and I feel quite offended. Therefore, he should be silenced. He shouldn't be allowed to speak. Or, her action caused me, because it's not only he's, right? Her action caused me loss. Therefore, she should pay me back what she owes me because I've suffered because of what she did. And, you know, he may look good, but my discernment, and I know these things, tells me he's not. Therefore, I must expose him. Ever heard that one? You have, you liars. (laughs) Or... His, his motives are wrong. I know he's been out to get me. I know the first thing he thought about this morning was how can I get Bob? Therefore, he should be corrected. But what about this one? They have way more than me and it's not fair. 
so I should be compensated. You see, we start to judge in our, in our hearts. And Jesus says, don't do it. You see, he says, talking about the things we treasure, he says, we tend to put them in the wrong places. The things that we love, the things we love, we tend to have them in the wrong places, which is why um, they get stolen or, or we lose them or they, they decay. He says, because you're putting your treasure in the wrong place. And, and then he says, you know, the reason you're anxious is because you're inclined to believe the wrong things, to lean the wrong way. And he's saying, I want to teach you to believe the right things so that your trust will be in God and, and your anxiety will lift. And then when he says, do not judge, he's saying, when we judge, we are inclined to take the wrong action with people because we don't see the whole story. So when we make judgments, we, we can put people aside or cancel people as is often in the uh, media. When Jesus walks into the room, his judgments lift people out of the pit of sin. That's what Jesus does. Whenever he walks in the room, he takes us by the hand and he lifts us up. I love, one of my favourite stories is the, the woman that's caught in, uh, in adultery. And they, they catch her in the act. Now, there had to be a guy there somewhere, right? But, but he seems to be missing. Okay? And they throw her on the ground. And she, she's, she's half naked and they're wanting a stoner. And they say to Jesus, the law of Moses says she should be, should be stoned. What do you say? And I love it because he says, well, why don't the, you know, the person that has no sin in their life throw the first stone? This should be good. Since you're standing next to the judge of the world. <laughs> God, the one who's got no sin in life, throw the first stone. And slowly they all go, starting with the oldest and then the youngest. They're all gone. And, and, he, and the woman, and he says to them, where are those that condemn you? And she's like, she's like, <laughs> who cares? He says, neither do I condemn you. And he lifts her up. And her life is forever changed. That's what happens when Jesus walks into the room. You see, when he looks at our lives, his judgment is not guilty because I have paid the price. And so we get to demonstrate the judgment of Jesus as we show God's mercy to those who are around us. You see, when we come to Jesus, it's he who calls us. All right, so often we talk about coming to Jesus, but you have to understand it was his work that started calling you. You didn't wake up. You may even be here this morning and you don't know Jesus. And you think, well, I'm just a little bit interested in Jesus. I think I'm going to go and find out. And you think it's you. It wasn't you. It was already the Holy Spirit working, calling you to him. He starts the work and, and he calls us into his light. It's not our goodness. It's his love. And John's gospel starts this way. He says, he was in the world and the world was made through him. His own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. He said, those who believed in his name 
who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but born of God, he gives the right to become children of God. So when we receive him, and there may well be people here this morning who need to receive him into their life, we welcome him into our lives and he forgives our sin by the cross. Yes? How much of your sin has he forgiven? All of it. The first service were a lot surer. <laughs> I'm just saying, how much of your sin has he forgiven? All of it. Every single bit. Not only of what you're, you've done, but what you're going to do. He's forgiven it all. He comes into our life and he lifts us up out of the pit of sin. We were singing about it this morning into his grace, unmerited favour. That it, well, it means power favour, but we're not talking about that this morning. Okay, he, we, he lifts us up. We do not deserve his forgiveness, but because we receive the pardon, we are raised and seated with Jesus Christ. Yes? Yeah, there's seven of us now. That's good. Okay. Paul writes this, but because of his great love for all of us, he who is rich in mercy made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in our transgression, in the pit. Okay, we were stuck in our sin. It is by grace, this unmerited favour that you have been rescued, Paul is saying. And then he says this, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Christ in heavenly realms in order that in the coming generations, he might show his incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness so that all generations would see the wonders and the love and the kindness and the goodness of God. Paul says again, for it is by grace that you have been saved by faith, by believing in his name. And this is not from yourselves, it is a free gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Okay, so what has he done? He has lifted us up with Christ. This makes me the same height as the worship leaders. It makes me feel so much better. So we come to Christ and he lifts us up with Christ. We are seated in the heavenly places. He lifts us from the pit of sin and judgment and um, all the muck that we were in. And He says, come with me and stand and with me in the heavenly realms. He brings us up. Now, what Jesus is saying is when we judge people, when we don't show the same mercy, we have to step down out of grace because we're back in judgment and condemnation. He wants us here with Him in grace and in heaven. But we step down to judge. Okay, let me highlight this a bit more. Where does judgment come from? Well, my Bible says it's the devil. 
For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. You see, here you are, up here. Hold it. Tolu, come here, come here. So, Tolu, yeah, you can welcome her. There you go. So this is my friend Tolu, okay. She started off a sinner. And oh my goodness, was she a bad sinner. All right, I'm not even gonna go into all of the things I could go into. Honest, you're right, you're safe. <laughs> I'm just playing. So she comes to Christ, okay. You've got, not got heels on. No, you're okay. And so he lifts her up. Are you all right getting on there? There you go. So she is now seated with him in heavenly places. She's worshipping. She, you're right with heights, aren't you? <laughs> She's worshipping Jesus. She's enjoying Him. She loves her Christian life. Now the problems that she has is some of you. Okay? Because you do things that upset her. Sometimes, you know, some of her friends, they forget to invite her somewhere. And I mean, it's hard to believe. Now, what the devil does is, he says, Tolu, you know the reason they, forgot, they didn't invite you is because they don't like you. Because they, 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 they don't, they, they don't there's, there's things about you they don't like. And, and so what he's doing is he's pulling her down. He's pulling her down. And he's saying, step out of grace. Or, or you know, she's, she's got a, this is all hypothetical. Okay, um, she's got her eye on a, a great guy. You know, he's, he looks like me. He's got great body. Okay, all of this stuff. Okay, and she's gone. Okay, but, but Kate over there, she gets him. Okay, and she takes him. So the devil's going to tell you she stole him from you. And, and, and you know what? He, she always planned to steal him from you. And he's pulling her down. He's pulling her down. And he's trying to get her down here so that she can tell Kate what she really feels of Kate. You stole my guy. Or you didn't invite me to your birthday party. It's like being a five-year-old again, isn't it? Just, just, just see what we're, we're trying to, and he's accusing her. And he's, you know, that, oh, oh, she's on social media. I'm only holding her hand because I have got her on a box, right? <laughs> oh, oh, she's on social media. And there's, I, I, I even read it, something came up tonight, um, uh, this morning. It felt like tonight, but it was this morning. Um, the, the heresies of a certain speaker, okay? And they were listing them. There was all, there was all people biting comments. Yeah, we, we knew about her. We don't like her. We don't like her. And Tolu's writing. And the enemy says, do you know what? You, she, 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 you should join in to make sure she's, she's too big. You need to get her down because anyone successful must be bad. Jesus is quite successful now, you know that? He's reigning in heaven. Every knee will bow in the name of Jesus, all right? It's okay to be, all right? So what he says is, right, come on. And, and, and this weight is pulling it out. Get off the block. Get down into judgment. Get down into condemnation. Get down into pulling them down. But she says, no way, because Jesus has invited me up here 
and this is where I'm going to live and this is where I'm going to stay. And if there was room for us both, I'd be standing on there with you. Thank you. (laughs) You see, the question is, who do you want to work for? Do you want to work for the accuser of the brethren or do you want to work for the author of salvation? And so, but the way we judge, the way we condemn, when we don't show mercy, we're down here, back in the pit. Look, look, I promise you, you can, you can, you'll find lots of, lots of um, things that aren't right about this church. The toilet rolls aren't always changed. You haven't been, you know, the, the um, you know, so, so, sometimes the lights don't come on. Sometimes the words come on backwards. You know, there's all those things. Let me tell you something. If you ever find a perfect church, don't join it because you're going to ruin it. <laughs> all right? Because, but because what Jesus is saying is we can always see the plank, but it, it's the speck. Was to, oh my goodness. I'm, you see, really, I'm going to move really quickly. You see, people will tell me there are some really bad people in this world and someone's got to bring them down. Where, do, where does it say that? Where does it say that in the Bible? It just doesn't. Do you know how Jesus brought the really bad people down? He died on a cross. He gave his life and they spat at him and they beat him and they cursed him. And he died in the ground. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But then he was raised. And because of his sacrifice, every knee will bow. You know, David and Saul, I I really am going to move forward. Do you know, who would make, you know, if you know your Old Testament, who would make the best king? Saul was the first king. Who would, who would make? You know, Saul looks so good on the outside. You know, you don't read of a moral failure with Saul. He, the trouble is, behind the scenes, he was a coward. Um, he feared people. Um, he didn't obey the Lord. And he goes to mediums and the devil for information. Then there's David. Shepherd. Boy, commits adultery, kills an innocent man, yet he's running after the heart of God. And you kind of think, oh my goodness, who do I pick? The interesting thing is who God picks, the man that's running after him. You see, when we judge, we uproot, we tear down. That's why the Lord says, let the wheat and the tares grow together, Matthew 13. God lets the wheat and the tares grow side by side. Why? Because if you pull up the tear before it's time, you might pull up the wheat. God is more interested in the wheat. He's more interested in protecting the wheat. He knows the end of the story. We don't. If the Apostle Paul was judged at the start of his story, we wouldn't get half of the New Testament. He was killing Christians. 
Aren't you pleased that Barnabas didn't judge him when everyone else was scared? It's that Barnabas raises him up and takes him to the apostles. And what's the result? Possibly we get the most incredible verse in the entire Bible. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because someone didn't judge. Someone let the mercy of God come through. So when someone hurts you, offends you, if other people are casting judgment on someone, where are you going to stand? What are you going to do? You can stand in grace, knowing the measure you use will be used unto you. Trust in the Lord always knows the end of their story. Or you can come down in justice, but it could be that you pulling up that tear uproots a young shoot of wheat that the Lord loves. But if you will stand in grace, you will see the miracle of God's transformation in people's lives. You see, I might find myself in a hurtful or even abusive situation. I don't mean being abused. I mean just something that's not healthy. I don't need to deal with the speck in my brother's eye because I probably have a plank coming out of my own eye, okay? When Saul is trying to kill King David, David steps out of the situation. But then he gets a chance to kill Saul. And it's really interesting because all the friends are going around him. God has given him into your hands. This is so good. What does David say? I'm not going to touch the Lord's anointed. I'm not doing this. This is not my job. This is his job. And if he wants to do it, he can do it. Now, so you say, well, Steve, if I'm in a bad situation or an abusive situation, does that mean I have to stay in it and can't say anything against it? No, absolutely not. Jesus says, and we're going to finish on this. Jesus says, don't give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them underfoot and, and turn and tear you to pieces. Look, someone may have hurt you, wronged you, offended you. And what Jesus is saying, don't give your treasure to them. You may be in a really difficult situation, but he's already said, make sure your treasure is in heaven. The things that are important, don't, don't give them all your, your heart. Don't give them all that. Why? Because they, they'll, they'll trample you underfoot and, and tear you to pieces. And that's one of the reasons we get so hurt with people because our treasure is in people instead of God. And then we're disappointed when the people don't do what, what we thought they were going to do. But the person you rely on is, is the Lord. That's where your treasure is. You put your treasure where no one can steal it, but we show mercy, the mercy we have received in these situations because we don't yet know the end of the story. They may be a Paul. They may be going to write, not we're going to get any more Bible, but they may be going to write half the Bible. Because we haven't seen what God is going to do when he gets hold of their life and he pulls them up out of the pit and he says, come and be seated with me. But we don't need to be anxious in it all. Why? Because you are of great value to God. This is what Jesus is saying. You're the value to him. He knows everything you need. Don't be anxious. Your treasure's in the right place. You are of great value. It's you that Jesus came and died for. He's lifted you up. Therefore, seek the 
the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. No one can take it away. But he's saying, don't judge because the moment you start to judge, you step back down into the pit. And he says, "Um, son, daughter, stay in heaven. Stay in my grace. Walk in my grace with me because that's where the transformation, that's where the change happens. What he's saying is live your life in grace, raised and seated with Jesus Christ. Don't let the devil pull you down into judgment. Remember, Jesus cancels sin, not people. I'm done. It's five past one. Stand up and we're going to pray.